What is up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Drive for Show DFS for Doe here on Roto Grinders. As usual, talking golf on uh, the early part of the week, getting you ready for this week's PGA Tour event. Seems like we've been alternating uh, strong fields and bigger tournaments and weak fields and uh, cruddier tournaments over the past month or so. That trend continues over the next couple of weeks. We've got the 18T Byron Nelson with a weak field here this week uh, after a strong event last week. And then we've got another major with the PGA championship next week. So uh, we'll be a little bit of a dip in excitement, I think for this week's tournament, uh, but still plenty of money up there to be won in DFS. And we will try to help you do that uh, in order to help you do that. Of course, uh, introduce my co-host, Mr. Notorious Derek Farnsworth. I am Justin Van Zuden, STL Cardinals 84 and uh, Noto. How you doing? I think you had a pretty good call last week with Mr. Clark, and uh, we had some pretty good calls on the show last week as well. Yeah, hit the Clark outright. That certainly helps. Going to be able to afford some more golf bets for a few weeks. Um, And yeah, I think we had a pretty good week uh, in terms of our picks on the show. But uh, yeah, I'm just glad we have a fill for this week. I mean, we're just uh, losing guys left and right. Started with Jordan Spieth and uh, J.J. Spawn, Mark Hubbard. Alex Smalley, the list just continues to grow. So uh, make sure to monitor those WDs as everyone you know prepares for next next week's major. And part of the reason why I think that's becoming a little bit problematic. I mean, we've got uh, we've got a major next week, and if you look at the weather forecast for this tournament, they're calling for rain every day uh, and storms every day. So uh, I know you know we're getting into the time of the year where we have a little bit more daylight uh, in terms of you know when the sun sets every day, but. These guys aren't going to be wanting to stick around for a Monday finish uh, if they're in next week's field. So I think, you know, obviously Spieth, you know, seems legit. Uh, He loves this tournament, but uh, he's his play in the last event uh, showed as well that uh, maybe he's fighting something. Uh, So he's a little dinged up. He's going to rest this week. Uh, But some other guys, you know, maybe just decide that this is kind of a we'll get into it. You know, this course isn't very exciting. Major next week. Uh, a lot of these guys might just kind of be deciding to bow out uh, and we need to keep an eye on whether that happens with anybody else, especially near the top of this field as we get closer to Thursday, uh, given next week's major and uh, and the rain in the forecast. But uh, let's take a quick look back at last week. I mean, we talked about uh, how it was uh, a pretty fun event, pretty strong field uh, for the Wells Fargo last week. Uh, and we did see a lot of bigger names at the top. Uh, we saw uh, Corey Connors, Tommy Fleetwood, Adam Scott, Terrell Hatton, Xander Shoffley all finishing in the top 10. And uh, Wyndham Clark, by the end of Sunday, uh, winning somewhat comfortably uh, with a little bit of a surprise. You know, winning score minus 19, very healthy winning score uh, for how difficult Quail Hollow usually plays. Uh, so kudos to uh, to anybody who bet him and, uh, and played him in DFS uh, for Wyndham Clark having a strong week. Uh, Michael Kim, another really good finish. Uh, Brendan Todd was in the mix as well. Pretty good week for Ricky Fowler, Gary Woodland. Uh, you know, guys that uh, we've played over the years coming up with top 15 finishes last week also. So uh, outside of Clark winning and hitting that, uh, what did you take away from uh, last week's tournament? Yeah, not going to lie. I was uh, I was sweating pretty hard uh, on the Clark thing. Uh, I mean, he was up two heading into the Sunday, so I was feeling pretty good. And uh, that that two stroke advantage was gone by the third hole, and then uh, Xander ended up going one after seven. So I uh, was getting pretty nervous, especially since Xander has you know been in this situation so many times. But uh, 
man, Clark really turned it on. Uh, he birdied four of his next seven holes and then uh, never really looked back. And uh, Xander missed a lot of short putts, so that was certainly helpful. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, it's nice to see Adam Scott up near the top of the leaderboard again. We haven't seen that in a while. And uh, he finally had a good week with the Irons. We've been talking about it a lot. It's been all putting with Adam Scott, and I'm sure we'll talk about him for this week as well. Um, Adam's had a great season. Michael Kim just continues to grind out some good finishes. He's been one of the model favorites uh, for a couple months, so nice to see him playing well. And then, man, the disappointing one was Roy McIlroy. I mean, he didn't. He uh, ended up sitting out that last designated event. He's not going to get any of his, of his pit money and then comes to one of his happy places and uh, barely makes a cut. I mean, finishes T47. So uh, I don't know what's going on with Rory. Hopefully he can rebound a little bit, but it kind of seems like there's a clear top two in golf right now. Yeah, a little bit weird with Rory um, that, uh, you know, you see him usually he's uh, pretty much contending for a top 20 every week, but uh, we've seen a, a little bit more of a dip from him of late. Obviously expectations are high, but you know, you got guys like Scheffler, uh, who if you you know if you pull up Scheffler's uh, game log on DraftKings since November, T three, T nine, second, T seven, T eleventh, win, T twelfth, fourth, first, T ten, and T eleven. So he hasn't had a finish outside of the top twenty since October of twenty twenty two. Of course, we know what you know John Rahm's been doing. Uh, pretty much every time he tees it up lately. Uh, and, and, you know, Tony Finau has been showing some impressive results as well. So, uh, but Scheffler and Rahm, uh, pretty much uh, ahead of the field, kind of as you were hinting that there. Uh, and we do have one of those guys in the field this week with Scheffler. Uh, Spieth has withdrawn. So uh, it's going to be pretty crazy when we get to kind of the projections and the model numbers, uh, how much Scheffler's grading out ahead of everybody else. Uh, but, uh, yeah, as far as last week goes, I don't think any other takeaways for me it was interesting to see Davis Riley coming off the big performance at the team event. Uh, he was somewhat popular last week, ended up plus eight, uh, just uh, cratered performance from him last week. Uh, disappointing performance from Brian Harmon after we thought maybe he was turning a corner. We're just kind of trying to look for guys who maybe disappointed a bit, um, had when Jason Day, Sam Burns missed the cut on the number. So, uh, you know, that uh, could have swayed a lot of lineups last week with some of those guys who were a little more popular uh, being right there on the cut line and, and missing. But uh, from my end, I think that's about it. Anything else for you? I think you're muted. Yep, uh, the old uh, rookie mistake there. Uh, Cam Young was one of the other guys that uh, underwhelmed. I think he ended up being – like 30%, something like that uh, last week. Uh, and Keith Mitchell, another guy that was popular. But yeah, you mentioned Jason Day. Double bogeyed his uh, 17th hole on Friday to miss on the number. So uh, that was certainly frustrating. But uh, you know I'm going to be going back to the well. Yeah, it was interesting when that article came out. I'm not sure if it was after our show last week or when it was that the vertigo came back for him at the Masters. Uh, and that's what he was kind of blaming his uh, poor finish the final couple rounds at the masters on um, no signs that that was an issue last week, but uh, interesting to keep an eye on that going forward. Uh, and yeah, that's probably about it. So we can go ahead and move on to a new week uh, with the uh, AT&T Byron Nelson TPC Craig ranch will be the host. If you're familiar with this tournament, it's kind of been all over the place the last five or six years. They've had trouble finding a host course that uh, suits the needs of today's PGA tour players 
Um, and it's just kind of been, for lack of a better term, a bit of a clown show over the last few years. That's too harsh. I just can't think of a term that's, uh, you know, more appropriate for what they've gone through. But uh, it's been a tournament that seemed like, you know, for a while it was on the chopping block. Um, they canceled it in 2020 due to COVID. Uh, and then the, the, the year before that, uh, like 2019, 2018, I always forget. Oh, Trinity Forest uh, was uh, was the host uh, for 2018 and 2019. And you know nobody liked that course. So after the COVID pandemic, they moved to TPC Craig Ranch, which is in McKinney, Texas. And frankly, I don't like this course any better. Uh, the guys just tear it up. There's almost no trouble on the course, particularly when it's not windy. You throw in some rain this week, maybe it gets a little softer, and it basically just becomes a you know a pitch and putt who can make the most birdies uh, tournament. And I, I don't know, it just something about this course. It's not super exciting to watch. Maybe I'm just being a little bit you know of a Grinch about it, but uh, this tournament does not grab me very much. And when you throw in the fact that you know we've got almost none of the big names playing because they're getting ready for next week, and uh, I mean, it's just kind of a tournament that uh, maybe we can embrace some variance a little bit this week. Yeah, I mean, it seems to be a common theme. You know, I read a lot of the course previews around the industry and the word that everyone seemed to uh, use to describe the course is bland. You know, there's yeah. nothing really great about it. Uh, they did change the 12th hole from a par five to a par four. So uh, it's going to be four strokes tougher on the scorecard. It's still going to be a birdie fest. The last two winners, um, which were both casually 25 and 26 under par. So, uh, maybe looking at like a 20 under par, depending on the wind. It does look like it's going to be pretty windy a few of the days, but uh, if the if the rain comes in, then we're going to have a softer course. So um, that's probably going to negate the wind a little bit. And like you mentioned, I mean, it's just easy. The fairways are wide. The greens are big. Um, more often than not, when everybody's hitting the greens, it turns into a putting contest, and that's kind of what we've seen the last two years. And you don't really have to be a bomber. You don't really have to be a great iron player. You just got to make birdies and make putts. Yeah, make birdies, make putts, and pretty incredible that KH Lee has won each of the two years here. Uh, it's, you know, of course, that generally you would expect a little bit of volatility, some unpredictability, given uh, the fact that everyone's going to be making some birdies. But uh, it's a two-year sample size with this course. But uh, also underscores the importance of trying to get six out of six through the cut this week uh, because everyone who makes the cut is going to be scoring fantasy points. It's not like you're going to have guys shooting, you know, rounds of – 80 out there and, and not scoring you points. So if you make the cut, uh, it's going to be tough for like a five or six lineup to beat a six and six lineup this week. Anything else on the course in general before we dig in? Uh, not that I could think of. Um, Australians usually play well in Texas. Um, so do guys from Texas. So if you want to play that angle, you certainly can. And then uh, a lot of Koreans that are in the field um, live in Texas as well. So uh, you can play any of those angles if you want, but uh, for the most part, just to chase the birdie makers. All right, so let's try to find some of those. And again, with Spieth out of the tournament, um, we usually talk about four players above 10K, four or five players above 10K on DraftKings. This week we have two, uh, and one of them is Scheffler at 11.9, and then you have Hatton at 10.1, and an injured slash ineffective Matsuyama at times at 9,800. And this is going to be one of those times where Scheffler grades out so much better than the projection, you know, than the average projections where right now we've got him at like 50% ownership on DK and about 60% ownership on FanDuel. 
So the question is not whether Scheffler is the top play in the field. He clearly is. It's whether or not, and if you're playing cash games, you know, you just start with him and move on. But if you're playing GPPs, what do you do with Scheffler at 60% owned on FanDuel and 50% owned on DK? Those are some crazy numbers that we haven't seen in, in quite a while. Yeah, uh, not fun. Uh, Jordan's P withdrawn. I think Scheffler was like seven to one. Now he's like plus three fifty to one uh, to win. Um, so the odds are there. Uh, you mentioned he just projects so much better than everyone else. You mentioned the great form to start the year, and over his last thirty-seven events, thirty-four events, he's finished in the top three twelve times. I mean, this guy is just unreal. The streak of form that he's been on. He's from Texas. Uh, he's played here twice. He knows the course. He pretty much checks any box that you could possibly want. Um, the only negatives are are the, the ownership like you talked about and then the fact that uh, it's not that demanding tee to green, and that's kind of his strength. Um, his weakness is going to be the putter, so you know maybe you can talk yourself into him finishing like 10th or something if the putter doesn't cooperate, but hard not to see him being in the mix this week. Personally, I'm just going to try to at least be even with the field. Um, it could be a week where you just want to hit the lock button, take your chances elsewhere, but – I don't want to be the guy that fades Scheffler um, in this field. So right now they're talking like 30% chance of rain Thursday, 50% chance of rain Friday, 60% chance of rain Saturday, 60% chance of rain Sunday. Um, uh, let's, I mean, let me play worst case scenario here. Half of Saturday's a washout, half of Sunday's a washout. Let's say they've got an entire round to play uh, for the leaders, and Scheffler's in, like, 20th place. Is he sticking around for a Monday finish the week of a major if it comes to that? Not saying it will, but if it does, do you think he sticks around if he's not in the lead or in contention? Yeah, that's a good question. I think you would have to be, you know, a good eight shots out, something like that, something where you just couldn't possibly see him coming back. But – I think the odds of that are pretty low, but uh, it's certainly an angle you can take uh, if you want. It's a risky one, um, but there's certainly some leverage there if a 60% owned guy ends up withdrawing. Yeah. Uh, and I'm again, I'm not saying that's the most likely thing. And the forecast, frankly, now as I look at it right here while we're on the air, uh, looks better than it did this morning when I first looked at it. Uh, you know, it was like there was a few days where it was 60, 65% chance of rain. Now that first day is down to about 30. So, uh, I'm probably overreacting to the odds of this actually being a thing. But if you're the person, imagine you were the person out there that fade Scheffler and then you're just rooting for a Tuesday finish or something like that. Um, you know, he's so far and away above all the other guys in this field that that's a pretty thin rope to, you know, uh, to, to cling on to and say, hey, this is why I'm not playing Scheffler this week. But uh, it might work out if you want to take that idea, if you're doing like, a, you know, a uh, low dollar single entry or something like that. There's worse things that you could think of uh, for strategy, but just not a lot of other top end players in this field. I mean, Matsuyama is uh, Matsuyama and Hatton are the uh, only other two at or around 10 K. Uh, and Matsuyama has been, you know, he, he's been injured for the better part of six months now uh, did play well at the players did play well at the masters as well. Uh, just hasn't been teeing it up all that much. Uh, so people are going to, you know, kind of be scared to click that button on Matsuyama with a major next week also. Uh, but any interest in Hatton or Matsuyama, or are you just getting up to Shuffler if you're in the top tier? 
I think I'm just getting up to Scheffler, but uh, Haddon's been playing great. We talked about him uh, finishing third last week, and uh, he kind of fits the the course well, at least from a st- statistical perspective. He's number one in my stat model, even though I don't really have any strong takes on what stats he should be targeting other than putting and birdies, but he's pretty good at both of those. Uh, Hideki, man, we haven't seen him since Masters. That's just that's concerning for me. Um, the ownership would have been low if Spieth was in the field, but I mean, we still have him at eighteen percent, so I don't think we're getting like some huge discount on Hideki. And uh, the form's good, but I just don't know how often he's been able to practice with that neck injury. Yeah, I think I'm out on him as well. Fine with Hatton, but uh, uh, to me, either you get up to Scheffler or you start your lineups with one or two guys in this next range because uh, Tom Kim, you know, we're starting to get to the point where Tom Kim is seeing some of these courses for the second time. I think that's interesting. Uh, You got Jason Day, who, you know, vertigo aside, has had a really strong season. Uh, you've got the two-time defending champion here in KH Lee, Adam Scott coming off a strong week. Uh, we've seen some upside from Kim and even Kucher a little bit more at times this year, uh, where I think you can maybe just get two of these guys that if you're not getting Scheffler, that's fine. You can maybe start with Kim and, and Scott or Kim and Day, uh, something like that. But you mentioned a lot of Australians, a lot of Koreans in the field this week, and we get uh, you know pretty much this whole tier. Uh, with a few of the the top end guys from Australia and Korea. So uh, I think I like Tom Kim the best. Um, What say you on the nine case? Yeah. So it's kind of interesting for me because uh, I love Scheffler and DFS and uh, I'm attacking this range for my bets. Um, That's pretty much how I'm looking at it. But uh, yeah, Tom Kim, you mentioned um, he's starting to play a little bit better. This kind of fits his game a little bit more. I looked at guys that play well on easy courses over the last two years. He's the best in the field. Um, he gained nine strokes tee to green last week. And you mentioned this is going to be the second time he's seen this course. So that's going to be a boost for him because he hasn't seen a, a lot of these courses more than, you know, when he just shows up and plays. Jason Day, you know, he's at the peak of his powers when he is suffering from some kind of ailment, some kind of vertigo. Um, so he's he's right in the mix. Uh, again, he just double bogeyed one hole, missed on the number um, last week. I'll go back to him. I won't be playing any cage Lee if he burns me a third straight year here. So be it. Um, and then Adam Scott. Yeah. I mentioned at the, at the beginning of the show, you know, he's been all, all driver and putter this year until last week, he gained four strokes on approach. So I think that's interesting. If he found something with the irons, I think uh, he could definitely do something in this field. Then you have Matt Kuchar at 9,000. I know a lot of people are going to say that his recent results are smoke and mirrors. He's gaining like 10 strokes per round with the short game, but I mean, still 9th, 3rd, 19th, 23rd in his last four starts. And he's finished, He's played here twice, 17th and 12th. So he's got a little bit of uh, the form plus course history combo that we like. And uh, when you talk about putting contests, there's few better than Matt Kuchar. All right. Speaking of birdie fests and weak fields, those are the events that are made for Mr. Seamus Power. You check off a birdie fest, you check off a weak field, And you can almost guarantee that Seamus Power is going to be in the mix. So uh, I think it'll be interesting to see where ownership goes here uh, because, you know, his results have been a little bit more volatile lately. Uh, You know, one top 20 here, a miscut there, a top 20 here, a miscut there, you know, T20 in Phoenix, T15 at Pebble Beach, uh, but basically dead last at the Arnold Palmer. Uh, He's just been up and down pretty much all year. Uh, even though he's still making plenty of cuts, uh, just seems to to have that one blow up round. But the one blow up round probably not going to happen on a course that's this easy. 
And, you know, I, it's just, this feels like a Seamus power week. I know he's expensive, but uh, right now we've got him at just 10% ownership uh, at 8,900. I think I'm in on Seamus power this week, especially because I don't like a whole lot else in the upper part of the 8k range. We've got McNeely, Montgomery, Benny on Tom Hoagie in here, kind of where the weak field starts to show up a little bit, but yeah, give me Seamus power over all the rest of these guys. Uh, you got any thoughts on this uh, 85 and up range? Yeah, I love Seamus Power. Glad he brought him up. Uh, you mentioned the birdie fest. Uh, he's number two in the field in strokes game per round on on easy courses. So I like I that. I would have put him number one. I was surprised Tom <laughs> Kim was ahead of him. I like that. Uh, a couple top 20s of this course, too. So uh, definitely a guy that I will be rostering. I think I have him tagged as well in lineup HQ. And then everyone else in this range is kind of just the – uh, large field MME plays for me. Taylor Montgomery, the best putter in the field. So if he can do anything, T to green, I think that's interesting. Um, Min Woo Lee, another guy, he bombs it off the tee. And from the small sample that we've seen, he's been a very good putter. Uh, Jaeger has been the exact opposite. He's gaining a bunch of strokes T to green, and he's lost strokes putting in 10 straight. So maybe that flips this week. Maybe not, um, but it's at least interesting. Then at the very bottom, I do like Bazudin Howe quite a bit. On the PJ Tour, he's, uh, he's had three straight top 30s. During that stretch, he's gained 12.8 on approach and 11.4 with the putter. So kind of a nice combo coming into a birdie fest like this one. Other than that, not a lot. Yeah, we're pretty much in alignment on this range. I like Bazudenhout also. I think he's pretty safe. Uh, and again, I, I think safe is fine this week, even in GPPs, because of all the scoring uh, you're going to want to have your guys get through the cut. So uh, Bazudin, how I like, remember JJ Spawn has withdrawn. So if you had him in some preliminary lineups, get him out of there. Uh, Jaeger, if you want to ride the wave and Tom Hoagie are the guys that I have marked kind of in this range. Um, Aaron Wise, I'm out on him. Not quite sure why he's 8,300. Uh, he's missed four of his last five cuts. And, you know, I know an easy course and upside, et cetera, but uh, just got to pass on Aaron Wise this weekend. This is uh, this is where his girlfriend uh, didn't give him a kiss after. Oh man, won. definitely it's cursed. Definitely pass. Um, well, that well, that would have been on the. On it was the other before us, but yeah. yeah. Um, to say because only KH Lee is one on this course. Yeah. Uh, nobody else, but uh, yeah, this was the tournament. Uh, the the edition before that. All right, seven. Uh, 7- K mid seven K range. I think uh, even though it's uh, this is a weak field, I do think we've got some interesting value options here because you've got some guys that tend to show upside in uh, in more of a birdie fest type, like a Will Gordon type. Uh, again, the guys that tend to have one blow up round. He missed the cut, I think, one off the cut line last week. Uh, Brandon Wu's been playing fairly well. Uh, I know you like Stevens a little bit this week, so I'll let you talk about him, but. I think there's some interesting value despite the weak field. So Gordon and uh, uh, and and Brandon Wu are probably my, my favorites in the mid to upper 7K range. Uh, who are you looking at in here? Yeah, this is like the classic boomer bust range. You can see these guys all missing the cut. You can see them all finishing in the top 10. Uh, you mentioned Wu, um, Will Gordon, Davis Riley, all these guys. Uh, Joseph Bramlett, um, they're very hit or miss, but uh, if you get them on the right week, then you can definitely – um, play him. I do like Sam Stevens, one of the longest hitters in the field. And if you look at his results, I mean, he finished third at Valero. Uh, he finished second or second at Valero, third at Corrales. And then the last two events he's played were both designated and he didn't have great finishes, but uh, he ended up gaining strokes ball striking in both of them. 
and his best surface is Bencrass. So I think he's interesting at 7,600. We keep waiting for, you know, Justin Sud to have that breakout win. I could see that happening at a course like this. And then Michael Kim, I mean, just continues to play well. I don't want to play him at 13 to 15% ownership, but uh, man, he's playing great right now. So I wrote him up this week. I was kind of surprised at the ownership as well, but I did some digging. So uh, Michael Kim won the 2018 John Deere Classic, which of course, if you're not familiar with me, I live in the area. So the John Deere Classic is kind of the local event for me. So even though it's a similar course to the one we have this week, it's kind of boring. Uh, at least it's local. So I, I like that event, but uh, he won the 2018 John Deere Classic by eight strokes. Uh, which was kind of weird at the time because he wasn't playing very well. And all of a sudden, boom, he wins the tournament by eight strokes. It was this type of event, just a birdie fest, and he made all the putts. After winning the 2018 John Deere Classic, his next 31 events over the next year and a half, do you know how many cuts Michael Kim made in 31 starts after winning the John Deere Classic in 2018? Uh, I know he missed a bunch right after in a row, so I'm going to say like three. Yeah, it was five, five. So he was a little better than your expectation there, but five made cuts in 31 starts after winning a tournament. And it's just pretty remarkable to see, you know, that just the turnaround that guys can have it, just how much of a mental game golf is. Um, because, you know, you look at uh, last seven events, he's made the cut in all of them. Uh, Tita green over the last 36 rounds, he's 10th in this field. So uh, yeah, kudos to him for, uh, you know, getting his career back on track and rolling. It's almost similar to what we saw with Brendan Todd a few years back. So uh, yeah, I like Michael Kim as well. I was a little slower to, to hop aboard the train than you did, than you were, but uh, I'm on now. So uh, coming off a top 10 finish last week, uh, I actually like both the woos this week. I think Dylan Wu is interesting as well. Another guy that's uh, playing some solid golf. Uh, he has made nine cuts in a row. Uh, and is coming off uh, T21 and T15 in his last two starts. So uh, those guys are both, uh, let's see, Wu is 7,400, Kim is 7,500. Uh, so you can get quite a few values kind of in this range this week. And then after we get through that kind of 7,400 threshold, uh, there's not much. Uh, I know Mark Hubbard was a guy you liked, but he has also withdrawn. So anything else uh, kind of, under 7,400 above 7k that, that you find interesting. Uh, the model hates him, but uh, I'll play some cam champ at 7,300. He's just one of those guys that he's going to show up and randomly finish in the top 10. And it's typically at, uh, an, at an easier course like this one. And uh, he's played here twice, made the cut both times. So for a guy with upside, I don't mind that. And I'm trying to see if there's anybody else. It's not the strongest week for the, the lower 7K range. I do like Eric Cole. Um, he's been missing a lot of cuts recently, but they've all been like right on the number. And if you look at the, the events where they haven't been designated, he finished fifth uh, in Mexico, and then he finished second at Honda where he lost to Chris Kirk. So the non-designated events seem to be a specialty. He's a 7,400. And then Adam Shank, he's kind of cooled off after he lost the, uh, the Valspar, but Rates out well for me, uh, as does Nate Lashley, who I believe had the lead at one point last week uh, at Wells Fargo. If I had to tell you there's a guy, don't cheat, uh, but there's a guy, another guy above 7K that we haven't mentioned that has four straight top 25 finishes right now. Would you be able to guess who that is? Uh, uh, let me just pull up the salaries and not the results. 
It surprised me as well. I, I, I kind of remember seeing him occasionally on the leaderboard in a few of these events. And so, you know, it, it, it didn't really hit me oh, until after. I got it. I got it. Jimmy. It's got to be Jimmy Walker. It's Jimmy Walker, another yeah. guy who's just randomly gotten his career back on track. I don't know if it's smoke and mirrors with him or what it is, but the dude, 22, 25, 15, and 14, four straight top 25 finishes after like being completely irrelevant for about two years. You know, this was a guy his... you go back, you go back three years ago, he was a $8,500 player. Okay, so he's gained on approach in six straight, gained with the putter in four straight, gained around the green in four straight. So, yeah, might be. Uh, I don't think it's crazy. I, I don't think it's crazy to play some Jimmy Walker if you're looking for another guy in your MME pool down there. It feels a little weird. Uh, but, you know, these guys, once they get it going again, like Michael Kim, I just maybe he's found something. And uh, so he's my uh, GVP play there at $7,100. I don't like a whole lot else. Uh, again, a couple more withdrawals. Thompson, um, Michael Thompson and, and Lanto Griffin are out uh, as well. A couple of those withdrawals since the salaries were posted. So make sure you don't have those guys in your lineups. Um, anything under 7K, anybody that rates out well? In the, I don't think I'm going there because there's just so much in that 71, 73, 7,400 range that I'm fine finalizing my lineups with but is there anything under 7k that uh, stands out to you well i've seen uh, the goat kevin roy on a bunch of betting cards this week at like 400 to 1 um the irons are there everything else is pretty bad but he's 6500 and then i'll return your game right at you um this uh -oh. guy this guy's in the mid sixes he has made five straight cuts all in the top 40 All in the top 40. I know Cody Gribble's made some cuts in a row, but I saw last week's results and he was 55th, so it's not him. He's another resurgent type of guy. Hmm. I have no is it Ryan Armour? Kevin Chapel. Oh wow. I would have never you could have given me 20 guesses, and I probably wouldn't have guessed Kevin Chapel. And I believe he's one in Texas. I want he's drinking he the same water as Jimmy Walker. He won they the, were relevant uh, around the same time. The Valero, I want to say. So, yeah, he's been getting it done. Um, well, yeah, five straight top 40s. So, if you want to just play the, the all-resurgent team, play Jason Day, Jimmy Walker, who else? Uh, Kevin Chapel. There you go. go. There. Ryan Armour is uh, 45, miscut, miscut 56. That was a horrible guess. <laughs> uh, but I, it's okay. I don't feel bad because I wouldn't have gotten uh, – I wouldn't have gotten Chapel with uh, – he has not been on my radar. So, uh, yeah, interesting options there. Uh, if you want to, uh, you know, go YOLO with your last golfer. And that's not a horrible strategy this week uh, with uh, the unpredictable nature of kind of a birdie fest. But I would rather stick in the 7Ks. All right. We're not going to do an official snake draft on the air this week. I get to keep my glory for one more week. So I, uh, I mentioned last week that all my players were getting sniped. And maybe that was a good sign that I could finally cash in one of these. And lo and behold, I had Wyndham Clark, and I had seven of seven through the cut in uh, in last week's snake draft. And so I was able to win it and get $19 back of all the money that uh, we've poured into those over the course of the spring. So uh, everybody, you, can, uh, you have to bask in that glory for one more week. 
uh, Noto has to get uh, his little one to uh, to a, a party this evening. So we've got to let him uh, get to that. But uh, if anybody wants to do the $5 six man on DraftKings, I can hop in it uh, and just do uh, do a fun draft with you guys off the air. And, and we can talk about that next week. Uh, so if anybody wants to do that, I'm going to hop in a $5 six man draft now. Uh, on DraftKings, uh, looks like we've got, uh, let's see, you got to find one. All right, we got one that's zero out of six, the $5 six man. So if anybody wants to do one off the air, I'll hop in and see if we can fill that up uh, over the course of the next few minutes. Uh, if not, no harm done. Uh, but uh, we're going to wrap up the show this week so that uh, Noto can get on the road. Anything else, uh, Noto, before we let you get out of here? I feel like my life is all kids' birthday parties. This is the fourth one in five days. Um, <laughs> not great, but uh, yeah, good luck to everybody this week. And uh, apologies to you. We should have opened the show with your with your win of the snake draft. That forgot. Was, uh, I forgot about it. I don't know. <laughs> I would have gloated at the beginning of the show, but I forgot about it until I was thinking about another one. So it's because we taped on Tuesday instead of Monday this week. It had slipped, slipped my mind. So that's okay. Uh, I'll bask in the glory a little bit more. And, uh, you know, my $19, it doesn't doesn't hold a candle to Noto hitting the Wyndham Clark outright. Uh, but uh, it is some pride in there after getting uh, myself, you know, dead last for, for so hey, many editions. <laughs> maybe we both made a breakthrough and uh, we'll keep it going this week. There you go. Good week to get it rolling with a major next week as well. Uh, we're going to have a three-man booth next week. We'll shift back to Monday. Uh, with the major for the PGA Championship and uh, Jacob Horton, a.k.a. Hondizzle, scheduled to join us and uh, give us a three-man booth next week. So we hope you tune in for that. If you're watching us on the YouTube feed, hit that thumbs-up button uh, before you close out of the show. We appreciate that very much. And uh, thanks to Noto for joining me. Thanks to Steve for producing behind the scenes, doing great work as always. I am Justin, and we'll catch you all next week, everybody. Take care.